Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 33. I'm Michael John Simpson. Joining me again is Something 2XP's own super friend, Kitty Brown. This week we nerd out about stand-up, Marvel movies, Star Wars, movie-going etiquette, Amy Schumer, Bruce Jenner, transgender struggle, being a good ally, the Jack and Triumph show, Star Wars video games, Ex Machina, Inside Out, New Twin Peaks, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Man from Uncle, Spy Movie Gadgets, Spectre, Never Say Never Again, Nerd Roots, Star Wars vs. Star Trek, Fantasy vs. Science Fiction, Nichelle Nichols, Iceman, LGBT Normalcy, Social Equality and Change, Star Wars Pickup Lines, Tomorrowland, The Ghostbusters Reboot, Terminator Genesis, and Mad Max Fury Road. There is no peace, only passion. Here's episode 33 of the Something Something Experience. You're still going to be doing stand-up, right? Eventually, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just let me know. Yeah, because I mean, once the movie's... Move, move, movie? Once the movie's done... <laughs> <laughs> no, once the move is done, then I can actually uh, scooch on in there. Okay. So I can get the, uh, get the stand-up going again. I just have had no time in the evenings. Dude, but I want to get to the point where I'm doing three, four open mics a week, because mm-hmm. there's a place on in uh, NoHo, on, or in Burbank on Tuesday, mm-hmm. n- the Valley on Wednesday, and then there's the pizza place on Thursday, if I decide to go back there or not, but... Mm-hmm. That didn't seem like an well, optimal Well, you know, it was good practice, but it's that whole thing of, yeah, I mean, everybody's priority here is not to sit and laugh at jokes, their priority is to eat pizza. Right. And, you know, I mean, even though a lot of people talk about comedy clubs basically just being like... The comedy, as far as the ownership is going, you know, you got those comedy clubs where comedy is the focus and the people mm-hmm. are really passionate about comedy and they love comedians and they're like, yeah. yeah. And then you got the other places like, you're just some dipshit up there goofing off to distract people into buying chicken wings, you know, <laughs> and that's, you know, because there are places like that well, out there. I need to put you in touch with my friend uh, Sax Carr because he's part of Comics on Comics and it's literally stand up comedians talking about stand-up. comic books and other nerdy stuff. No. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I need to put you two in touch. Is he so? He's got a podcast as well. Uh, he has like four podcasts. Podcast. <laughs> it's time. It's time. <laughs> there is so much since last week. There's so many things oh coming out God. that I am excited about. Yeah, so much. Yeah. So you go first. Um. Well, I am going to see Age of Ultron. Um. Obviously, because it comes out this weekend. I think I'm seeing it. Thursday, um, the ArcLight's doing a special thing in the Dome where they're showing the first Avengers and then Age of Ultron, so, you know, back-to-back, double feature. Did you hear about the thing they're doing at the El Capitan? No. Okay. At the El Capitan, this week, I think it's Wednesday night, mm-hmm. or maybe it was this week, this past week, this weekend. I don't remember what night it was, but mm-hmm. basically, they're showing all 12 Marvel movies in in chronological order that uh-huh. they happen in, like, so, like, Captain America's first. Yeah. And then in chronological order that universe-wise they happen in. Yeah. All the way up through, and then you get to see Age of Ultron before anybody else. That is a long time to sit on your butt. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I want to say it's like 16 or 17 hours. Wow. It's like a big, and then if you get a, you get a, a, a ticket and you get a punch for every movie that you stay for. And if you stay through all of the movies, all the way through Age of Ultron, you turn in your ticket, 
and there's some drawing for something. I don't remember what. I think huh. it's a Comic-Con thing or something. Yeah. I don't remember what the drawing is for. But this was an idea that Hardwick had to do through Nerdist. Uh-huh. And, and Feige was like, fuck yeah, we're doing this. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it sounds cool. But again, that's that's a long time to be sitting on your butt. I don't know if I could handle that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like 12 movies, and so yeah. it's like 16 or 17 hours or yeah. something like that. I mean, even for me, like... No, no, the, it's longer than that. It's, anyway, go ahead. Even for me, the double feature uh, with, you know, the first Avengers movie and then Age of Ultron, I'm like, man, that's going to be a long time sitting down. Like, I hope there's an intermission where I could, like, do some squats or something. <laughs> Is there, will there... Will there be ellipticals in the theater? <laughs> I want to get my uh, cardio in and <laughs> Most LA phrase I've spoken in a long time. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I, I have a hard time sitting down for a while. You know, I was that kid in school who was always like fidgeting squirmy, around. Squirmy, yeah, squirmy yeah. makes squirmerson, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I need to get up and move. <laughs> yeah, I was always the one who couldn't shut up. <laughs> Duh. Um, so, but. I mean, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. There was a big discussion about Star Wars movies online on, in somebody's thing and a bunch of comments, and I was just thinking, like... And Heidi Calvert was like, I only ever saw the 4, 5, and 6 once in the theater. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of the other ones. Never saw them again. I'm not a big Star Wars person. I'm just like, yeah, I was at Star Wars... I saw it twice opening week in 77 mm-hmm. when it was like... I was at... A, a, a daytime summer camp thing that my mom sent me to yeah. and we went to the movies at once a week and I saw it there and then I saw it with my dad that week mm-hmm. because I would always visit my dad on the weekends so I'm like take me to see Star Wars like you already saw it I'm like I want to see it again <laughs> so twice opening week or maybe you know like opening week and then the following weekend but yeah that was pretty cool seeing that as a seven year old when no one had yeah. ever seen that ever yeah. when it was a brand new thing no one knew what it in was in 1977 at, at age seven it was, mm-hmm. or six or seven was pretty fucking incredible yeah I mean I didn't exist until 1987 so well it's okay <laughs> I'll just sit in the corner and eat my pudding <laughs> you kids get their shiny new TIE fighters off of my lawn <laughs> back in my day stormtroopers were white <laughs> just like the population oh. yeah. yeah so I, I wasn't around for you know that experience but I was raised correctly and my parents showed me Star Wars when I was three like just sat me down for it yeah. and everything um, and both my parents are big Star Wars fans so yeah well I, and I saw I saw the first, I saw four five and six in the theater opening week at the Continental in Denver which mm-hmm. was what which was one of the few like 1100 seaters left in this in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s yeah they used to have these grand palaces that would hold 1100 people balconies blah blah and they this theater was so big it had a smoking section it had a, <laughs> it, i'm not kidding it had a glassed off enclosure mm-hmm. that you could go in and sit down and smoke and watch the film you know what i really wish theaters had um churches sometimes like okay so i was raised catholic expelled from catholic school but one the thing I room. Loved, yes the crying room yeah that was the one thing that I liked about church is like if your kid is acting up you can take them to a soundproof room so they can't like annoy right. everyone. Yeah and then they have a microphone up at the front and, yeah. and they would pipe in this whatever was going on yeah. and you could see there were windows but it was mm-hmm. at the back of the thing and you'd be like <laughs> Exactly <laughs> you know? Exactly and yeah. that was like always room. the yeah. threat like with my parents they're like if you don't behave we're going to take you to the crying room and it's like oh Jesus. Oh shit <laughs> I'll be yeah. trapped 
Yeah, exactly. yeah, they totally need that in movie theaters. Yeah, right? oh, that would be perfect. Because I mean, especially people who like to go during matinees, and it's always mm-hmm. like moms and their kids, and they're mm-hmm. like, you know. And if yeah. you're going to a kid movie, that's fine. But if you're going to see, you know, if you're going to see Last Tango in Paris, you don't want to see a right. screaming kid. Right. You, you would never take a little kid to see Last Tango. <laughs> Dude, I've seen people take, like, their little kids to, like, the <laughs> Silent Hill movie. Like, I'm not surprised. Right, or take, <laughs> taking a little three-year-old to see Marlon Brando butter a woman's ass up before he fucks her in the ass. It's like, oh, bad parenting. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no. But I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about the theaters, and I was like, yeah, wow, the theaters aren't what they used to be. But I do like the kind of, that multiplexes have turned into these stadium seating things. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but the thing that I, that my my dad and I talk about movies a lot, and the mm-hmm. thing that he complains about is that people don't, for people, they're not, when they go to the movies, it's not just a movie for them. For them, it's a whole evening experience and a meal. Yeah. They smuggle food in, and then, <laughs> I'm serious, they smuggle no, I, a I giant the thing of things. food, and then, and they take out... Chinese or whatever, some kind of, and it's all crinkle, oh, rustle, dude, like real rustle, food. Right. yeah. Oh, I mean, people not smuggling candy. in. No, 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 not candy. Like real oh, okay. meat, like a meal. Like they take the kids and their whole family and smuggle all this food in from somewhere else, from PF Chang's or whatever. Mm-hmm. Smuggle in food, and so you got to smell their food, and you hear all this. You know, Ugh. people taking in fucking ribs and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't experienced that candy. out here, but he said in the Midwest it happens all the goddamn time. He hates going to the movies. Mm. For a while, when the stadium seating thing happened, it was good because you couldn't see the people in front of you, right, and right. they couldn't see you, and it was up, and blah, blah, blah. But now it's become this thing where everybody just kind of does everything in the movie theater, mm-hmm. and that's their whole family, and that's what they're spending all day, all evening there, and it's yeah. just like, mm. Yeah. I've only ever brought, like, Sour Patch Kids or something, because no, I'm not sure. paying $10 right, right, for right, a candy right, 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 at the theater. Right. Like, right. that's it's just ridiculous. not happening. It's ridiculous. See, that's <laughs> the thing, is movies are too expensive now, and the problem is... And it keeps going back to the quality of content. If they right. made better movies, more people would get off their ass and go out and see them. Yeah. And they wouldn't have to charge so much at the concessions. But yeah. you know what? It's funny, because back in the 60s and 70s, there were comedians <laughs> making jokes about the size and mm-hmm. and and cost of concession stand <laughs> so it's a products. Cycle. Right. It's one of those things that people continue to make fun of. and. We have this codependent, abusive relationship with our movie theaters we that do. we just can't we get out of. We can't, right. But they keep saying they're going to change, and it'll be different this time. They promised. It they really promised. will be. The movie theater, you just don't know him. He's so, <laughs> it's so loving. We need to, you know. Sometimes it can be so nice and so loving. <laughs> But yeah, I think the other problem, too, is, like, you know, you get these, like, really good movies that people are stoked for, you know, like Age of Ultron or Star Wars and things like that. But in between, it's like, I don't really care about anything that's out. Like, right. you know, I made But there's plans. a lot of little films that I want to see. I, there's actually a rom-com I want to see. Really? Amy Schumer has a movie coming out called Trainwreck. It's okay. her and Bill Hader, and I'm just like... I might have to fucking see that. Yeah, if it's Amy Judd Schumer's a- in it. It's Judd Apatow <laughs> producing. Yeah. And it's not a dude movie. It's Amy Schumer. Well, the last time Judd Apatow did a non-dude movie, you know, he was involved was with wedding, Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids, And yeah. it was really good, but you could definitely see where he had a hand in it. Sure. that whole poop joke Sure, 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 sure. Like, sure, even sure. Kristen Wiig was like, yeah, he made us do the shit too, which was one of the funniest scenes in the yeah. movie but the, the although the one thing my, in the dress my too, one complaint was 
Wendy Clovey when she puked over uh, Melissa McCarthy. I, there should have been more. It shouldn't have just been a spit. It should have been blah. You know, it should have been this fountain of vomit. But no, it was really interesting. It's like you, you got. It's it's you have a a wacky comedy movie mm-hmm. with you know heartfelt moments. But instead of being a bunch of dudes being all raunchy, it's a bunch of women being all raunchy. And yeah. it was awesome. I yeah. love Bridesmaids. So I kind of want to see... I kind of want to see Trainwreck because I love Amy Schumer. She's amazing. And her new season, the new like, season. oh, God, the, the first, first episode, episode was amazing Just knocked it out of the park point. right yeah. away. Now, I hope it's not like... The last season of Key and Peele, where the first episode was just outstanding, right. and everything kind of trailed off as but the season But it's so went nice out. to see her like come yeah. out swinging, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, full yeah. force, and getting uh, Tina Fey, and getting mm-hmm. uh, Patricia Arquette, and um, and uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus, mm-hmm. and that that whole thing was amazing. It's your last fuckable day, yeah. And then the, the music <laughs> video at the beginning, and then yeah. the the making fun of Friday Night Lights. I'm oh, shocked. God, I'm so surprised. Town, I'm so Raven. surprised. Yeah. Connie, yeah, Connie. Br- I'm so surprised Connie Britton wasn't in there because she's a big comedy nerd too, mm-hmm. and I'm so surprised I didn't get yeah. her to be in that. But the, the so glass like, of wine kept getting bigger yeah. and bigger to where she's just leaning on it at one point. <laughs> but like that's how you do a good rape joke. Like you hear so many people saying like, "Oh, well, feminists, you know, want to make it so people can't be funny and you can't do rape jokes." It's like, no, you can. There's a good way to do a rape joke, and it's not at the expense of the victim. It's making fun of the people who deserve it. Yep. The fucking rapist. Yep. And it's so funny, the coach was just describing this thing of, of you guys need to be animals, you need to, you know, you need to act like you deserve this, and you yeah. need to act like nobody's going to keep this from you, and nobody can tell you. take what you want yeah, by take, dominating yeah, the other team. But don't rape. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it, it touches on all those points mm-hmm. of, like, toxic masculinity mm-hmm. in the culture, mm-hmm. you know? Like... And that's um, one of the things is, like, we constantly hear the message of, like, don't rape, don't rape, blah, blah, blah. But there was a survey that was done of, like, college men, and when they say, would you rape someone, like, only something like 3% say yes. But when you say, would you force someone to have sex, that percentage goes up to, like, the 30s. Because the whole thing of what defines rape, it, yeah. it, 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 it needs a broader definition. Right, And when right. people think, oh, rape, I'd never rape somebody. Oh, yeah, but if... But, but I'd if, force someone to have sex if right, I could get away with it. Right. It's like, right. uh, that's, that's rape. rape. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that I really liked about the first episode was uh, when she had when she interviewed the the comedian, um, mm-hmm. the uh, the trans comedian, and how great just sitting and shooting the shit with somebody who's trans and being able to say, oh God, what's what's the thing you get sick of telling everybody and mm-hmm. and and talking about those things right. saying those things that all of us want to say and have that level of comfortability and mm-hmm. she just completely did an amazing right. job of that. Well, not to mention, you know, that's great for the trans community in terms exactly. of visibility, you exactly. know. Exactly. Well, and 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 this same week we also had Diane Sawyer and Bruce Jenner and mm-hmm. and for cuz for the past few weeks and I had I didn't I guess I didn't read 
For me, I kind of lumped Bruce Jenner in with the whole Kardashian thing because because he was yeah. part of that whole thing. So yeah. I, that's kind of been I, kind of one of those things mm-hmm. off in its own little bubble that's outside my sphere of of interest or whatever. Yeah. So for the but for the longest time, I kept seeing Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner wants to transition. This and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, why does everybody keep calling uh, her him? Why does everybody keep calling her Bruce? And then it's like the thing with the Diane. I read the blurb on the the article in the Diane uh-huh. Sawyer interview. And it's like, oh, he still wants to be called Bruce for now. He still wants to be called yeah. him for now, but he feels like he basically is a woman now. So he's mm-hmm. still going through his thing of what he wants, how he wants to be yeah. referred to, yeah. so we have to respect that. I mean, like, as a feminist, obviously, like, my feminism is inclusive, and I think that mm-hmm. transgender rights are women's rights, transgender mm-hmm. rights are human rights, mm-hmm. but... I'm also a cisgendered woman. Like, I don't want to speak for the trans community on, like, Bruce Jenner or, like, that whole thing. But, like, you know, um, I just don't... I don't want to see uh, him exploited or right, his story right. exploited. And so far, like, that's kind not. Of where I'm so far, at, not at all. I mean, a lot of people are jumping on it. Yeah. Um, but... You can't really say anything negative about it, and obviously the commenters are, mm-hmm. but they will. Yeah. Um, but you, no, none of the, nobody in the press is is making fun. There's no mm-hmm. sketches. There's no making yeah. fun of him. Yeah. There's none of that. People, high profile people like people like um, Jimmy Fallon and people, high profile people who talk a lot in front of lots of millions of mm-hmm. people are coming out and saying great right. things. It so, was kind of like the same um, reaction that people had when uh, Laura Jane Grace, the lead singer of Against Me, came out and said, I'm transgender, I'm just transitioning. Like, the punk community was just like, alright, rock on. Like, yeah, there yeah. was a couple, you know, comments here and there, because, right. duh, there always is, you know, yeah, some asshole idiots, who's yeah. gonna say something. But, for the most part, like, everybody has been really supportive. Um, just, you know, as far as, like, my role in things, like, I'm here to be an ally, so it's a lot of me, like, asking my transgender friends, like, how can I help? What can I do? Like, how can I support you or support this movement? Like, I understand it's it's not my fight to lead, and yeah. I just want to be a good an ally. ally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, a friend at work, um, and she's going to be a guest on the podcast when she gets her business up and running more, and mm-hmm. I've talked about her before, my friend Jill, and she, uh, she is basically running... Uh, a business, uh, a, a life coaching business that mm-hmm. teaches trans women how to be more girly, how to be mm-hmm. more feminine, how to feel more feminine, and yeah. you know how to pick clothes and how to do this and how to pick clothes that you know go with their body shape and mm-hmm. this and that and, and just how to basically feel prettier and more womanly. And then I yeah. think that's fantastic. Totally. When she told me about it, we were at lunch and I was just like almost started crying. I was that was the most one of the beautiful things I ever heard. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> lots and lots and lots of stuff coming out that I want to see, which is weird because I think I saw my maybe three or four movies last year, right. which is weird because I used to go to 30, 40 movies a year and, mm-hmm. and, and I think there was one year where I was even like into the fifties and that's like a movie a week or more. Right. And, um, so this year there's so much content coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, we got... Ultron, we've got Jurassic um, World. Jurassic World, uh, the Amy Schumer movies coming mm-hmm. out, um, uh, Spectre, and yeah. uh, new Star Wars, yep. and <laughs> uh, Man from Uncle, mm-hmm. and uh, I finally saw trailer three for Jurassic World, and wow, does that look great? There yeah. was a there's another show that's on that's out right now um, that was on Adult Swim. And it's called the the Jack and Triumph Show. And it's Jack McBrayer and mm-hmm. Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. And they're all old 
Conan alums. And right. Dina Stimatopoulos, who's also a Conan alum mm-hmm. writer, is one of the writers and producers on the show yeah. as well. But Jack McBrayer's one of the producers, and he's just being himself, basically. And then you got Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, and it's, yeah. it's Smigel playing yeah. Triumph. And it's just great, and they get all their digs in it at, at mm-hmm. celebrities and stuff like they always have. And it was great. And, um, well, like, my one thing with Jurassic World, like, because it stars Chris Pratt, and I'm such a huge Parks and Rec fan, and that was, like, my first introduction to sure. him. Every time I see the trailer, like, I don't care which one of the three trailers, all I can think of is Burt Macklin is on the case. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you ride in the motorcycle. Oh my god, They yeah. let the raptors loose, and the yeah. raptors are going along, and the raptors are running next to the motorcycle, and then one raptor kind of looks over and goes... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Running. Like, <laughs> Burt Macklin, FBI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but there was one of the jokes on tri- on the Jack and Triumph show, because Paul Rudd shows up, and they, they, the premise of this episode is that they've got... Um, that they've got... They've discovered that... that there's coffee beans that have been passed through a civet, <laughs> and this, this is the new trendy thing: is coffee roasted coffee beans roasted that have been first passed through a civet. And so they're trying. He's trying to get a kitten to eat coffee Hipster beans. Nonsense. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Just nope. Hipster nonsense. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. And they, they totally hit on all of those points and mm-hmm. the whole thing. So they got the thing where the okay, if they can't get the cat to do it, he gets Jack to do it. So cat. <laughs> Jack is passing me oh, eating coffee beans, and oh. they wind up having this big, huge business. It sounds like a great way to get dysentery. Yeah, <laughs> and then the um, well, everything gets boiled. Um, <laughs> but then, then the guy from from is it from Va- Vampire Weekend comes. Uh-huh. The um, uh, he shows up, and they start getting him to do it, and so the co- price of the coffee goes up even higher, and then. <laughs> And then so Paul Rudd comes into their coffee store, and he's like, and he, there was something, he's like, wow, Paul Rudd, I never thought I'd ever see you. I never thought I'd see you. I never thought I'd see you in here. I never thought I'd see you again now that Chris Pratt exists. (laughs) (laughs) And the cool thing is, is the guy from Vampire Weekend and the guy, and Paul Rudd, and and Conan is, or uh, 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 Triumph is doing his Mm -hmm. insults, and you know they're in on the gag. You know they were there for the read, table read. You know that they were there for the writers meeting and stuff. And it's so great mm-hmm. seeing celebrities who are totally willing to allow to be shit on. And I think, you know, pardon the literally. pun, literally, <laughs> but I I have such high respect for any, like when Martha Stewart did the Beaver Roast. Yeah. That was one of the highlights of my year. I hate Martha Stewart and I hate Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. but to have her, somebody who, who is who is historically well known for taking herself way too fucking seriously to have her say that shit at the Bieber roast was mm-hmm. outstanding. It was this yeah. perfect alchem- alchemical blend of comedy and here's somebody not taking themselves too, too seriously. So I yeah. actually got another couple of respect yeah. points for Um To get back to Star Wars, oh, yeah. um, new Star Wars game, Battlefront, coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Pretty stoked. After last week when we... Um, when we were talking about, oh, about Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic, I downloaded yeah. it, and started I did playing too, it. Too, because it's like so clunky. <laughs> it's twelve years old. I know. It's I know, twelve years I know. old. That game came out when I was in high school, and that was the last time I played it, which is why I was like a little fuzzy on stuff. So I'm like, mm, no, this is unacceptable. Like, I need to start replaying it. So like, I gave in. I got Steam, and you 
are lucky to see me out of the house now. <laughs> yeah, I got that first game, and I started playing it, and it's, I mean, the fighting system, and... It's based on, like, a D20 roll yeah, kind of Yeah, it is. It's a turn-based, it's a turn-based, and I really don't like turn-based games, and, but... Yeah. Um, but it's a great story, and, like, I'm really glad I'm revisiting the games, because, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, Bastila Shan is a super powerful Jedi, because reasons, because, again, those games came out, like, 12 years ago, and now I'm like, oh, right, she has battle meditation, so she can basically be like, lol, fuck your army, because yeah. the Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Battlefronts looks pretty cool. Yeah, so tell me about that. Um, they haven't really released a lot. There's just, like, a couple pictures and stuff, like, floating around the internet of, like, ad-ats on, like, a Hoth-like type thing. Nice. Um, it kind of looks like a first-person shooter-type cool. game, but, you know, it's like, it's a new fucking Star Wars game. Like, what's not? not to be excited right, about? Right. <laughs> right. And it was, uh, when last week we couldn't remember the name, but it was Force, The Force Unleashed. Those mm-hmm. were Force Unleashed 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah. Those were the games where you're playing Darth Vader's Apprentice, and you're just mm-hmm. basically going around and hunting people down and murdering them. Until yeah. you realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I actually had a really adorable exchange with my dad uh, earlier in the week. I texted him. I was like, did you see the new Star Wars trailer? And he's like, yeah, it looks really good, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't wait to see it. And I was like, the Force is strong in our family. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what my dad and I do. Of course, of know? course. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> but, dad said he saw it, too, and said it looked pretty good, Yeah, too. but, I mean, as most of our listeners already know i am not a jedi like my father before me (laughs) very much a sith but you know my dad kind of takes the opinions like well so long as you're not destroying entire star systems and you're happy you know (laughs) (laughs) is any sith really truly happy (laughs) i guess Um, not all sith (laughs) exactly hashtag not all sith um actually there's a movie out right now that the more I see about it mm-hmm. the first I was like meh another another artificial intelligence movie but I really kind of want to see Ex Machina oh yeah it yeah it 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 explores and and everybody is saying and not just the mainstream press people are saying that it really does a very intelligent job of exploring those things of okay here's a machine who becomes that it becomes self-aware so now is it a person kind of thing okay and it does so in a very kind of sexy but all and there's this kind of a sexual erotic element to it yeah well the robot itself kind of looks like a sexy robot yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) so but people are saying that it's it's not just titillation and it's not just oh blah 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 you know it's like oh no we didn't just grow this thing for this guy to fuck it like we were talking about sex bots a, a couple weeks ago or whatever but yeah um, yeah so it, it it's a little bit more going on than that which which is good which makes me actually want to go see it mm-hmm. so then ultron comes out on the first and jurassic world and then inside out that's the new pixar movie yeah with uh lewis black and uh, Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. And I think and Amy Poehler's in it, too, Amy right? Poehler, yeah. yeah. They all play different voices in the, inside mm-hmm. this girl's head. Yeah, Kyle MacLachlan's the dad, Kyle too. Kyle MacLachlan. Love <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan. Oh, I'm so... Up in the up in arms about what's going on with this uh, Twin oh, Peaks God. thing. It's like yeah. David Lynch wants more money, and everybody's like, "Just give it to him, please." Seriously, we can't do Twin Peaks without David Lynch. You just can't. How are you going to do Twin Peaks without David Lynch? And like the fact that you have like a bunch of the actors making a video saying, you know, like we want David Lynch, like Twin Peaks without David Lynch is like a girl without secrets and blah blah blah. Or it's like, like come tw- on. Or it's like making Twin Peaks without Twin or Peaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But and like, so give him the money. Exactly. Just like, do it. It's a good return on Just investment because you know it. that new season of Twin Peaks is basically going to print money. Yeah. You know? And it could lead to other seasons. It could yeah. be an ongoing project. I mean, I'm kind of curious as to why, like, no other networks are courting him. It's like, oh, they won't give you enough money? We'll give you money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, H. well, let's see, Showtime is part of HBO, right? And right, that's who's which is doing owned it. by Warner Brothers. Right, right, right. Up but, at the top. Right, right, to a- yeah. AOL Time Warner. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, I, I agree that it needs to be on premium cable, though. Because yeah, you absolutely. really want, it would be nice to see an episodic series at mm. the same... Without, like, the same censorship standards right. that are on, like, say, network or even cable. At the same TV. level as Firewalk With Me. Yeah, As a yeah. rated R type show, uh, you know, like an Fire adult... Firewalk With Me was, like, the perfect prequel. Like, yeah. that is how you yeah. make a prequel yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, there were some... There were... It, it's one of those things where it's so good you can even overlook some of the uh, continuity errors right. in there. Right. And, you know, because every... Every franchise has continuity <laughs> errors. Um, like Obi-Wan aging. Yeah, you know, Obi-Wan like 40 years aging 40 years 16. inside of 19 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ant-Man comes out the 17th of July. I'm kind of... I You know, I want to see it because I like Paul Rudd, and I want to see it because it's a Marvel movie, and I'll probably be massively entertained, but I probably won't see it more than once. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. there'll probably be some things I like about it, but the trailer's just kind of... Odd. It seems like the trailer's going. Well, I know you're not the biggest Ant Man fan, but but the trailer is a little. See, now with Guardians of the Galaxy, I got why they went with the humorous trailer. I Mm -hmm. got why they did that. Yeah. Ant Man, not so much. I don't. I didn't understand why they went that humorous with the trailer. Yeah. Did you ever see the uh, Japanese trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I did not. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. So, like, you know, if you're familiar with Japanese commercials in general, they're just, like, balls to the wall, like, non-sequitur and insane. Mm -hmm. And the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer is following in that vein. Like, they start out with, like, classical music and, like, just photos like stock photos of a raccoon and they're like oh cute fuzzy raccoons like blah 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 could never hurt anyone and then it's like cut to rocket (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I was just thinking about that moment where he takes off his suit and you see the holes in his back and Mm -hmm. stuff and then he stops and he's just kind of like has that kind of kind of old man ache kind of thing yeah. and it's that it was a really powerful it's those little human moment it, it moments. was a very powerful very human moment yeah. and you it's like oh my god here's like a genetically altered humanoid <laughs> raccoon what he must have fucking gone through to get there it's like yeah. unbelievable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There, there were lots of this little this is why i'm anti-animal testing right <laughs> but really smart little moments like that inside of mm-hmm. uh, guardians of the galaxy that well, made it so good yeah one of my other favorite like little human moments is you know after Groot like spoilers i guess sorry not sorry like no, the movie's if been you haven't seen while. it by now yeah. why are you listening to a media podcast yeah but you know how like Groot like sacrifices himself and they're all crying. There's like one moment where Rocket's crying and then Drax just starts petting him and at first he's like, I don't know about this and then he softens up and he's like, oh, it feels so good. Yeah, I'm yeah. so sad. But like, just that little moment where he's like petting him. You know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that, you know, 
Well, because you would think, you know, as a person, you wouldn't want mm-hmm. somebody petting you like that because you'd right. feel condescended to. Like, right. it's like, I'm not your pet asshole, but then it's like, but then the animal thing kind of takes over and mm-hmm. it's just like, it's so soothing to him well, and so consoling. Like, you know? as somebody with, you know, purple, bright colored hair, basically like Major Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. um, I have people try and touch my hair a lot and it's like... There are only two people that are allowed to touch my hair. Whoever I'm banging and my hairstylist because I'm paying her lots of money to touch my hair. Like, you know, and obviously, like, this isn't as big a problem for me as it is for, like, some people, like, people with dreads or whatever. But, like, I still, like, I'll be on the metro and somebody's like, oh, my God, I love your hair. And, like, reaching out and I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) So I have a knife in my bag. Fuck off. You want to lose a fingertip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also coming out... I'm kind of just focused on Star Wars. Well, yeah, yeah, but you got a long wait. There's a lot of shit in between now and then. This is why I just want to go into cryogenic sleep (laughs) until December. Like, all right, guys, peace out. Um, Like, somebody wake me up with Star Wars. Don't anybody told you, but cryo takes us a lot, costs a lot of money. Worth it. Worth every penny. I'll just, I'll go to sleep in my Sith robes and everything, wake me up when it's time for the movie, I'm good. Like, I don't need these couple of months, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Man from Uncle comes out right after my birthday in August so I'm really looking forward to that watch all the trailers nice. again <laughs> and it's it's uh, 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 it's uh, Superman guy um, Jim no not Jim Caviezel uh, uh, no uh, British Superman guy um, uh, Tudors and what the fuck is his name the guy who played who was in Man of Steel uh, fuck. James something? <laughs> no, John? Something? No, it's it's Henry Cavill. Oh, okay. Henry Cavill. It's Henry Cavill and Army Hammer hmm. playing the two guys. Uh, Army Hammer's the Russian guy, and Henry okay. Cavill is is the man is uh, uh, Napoleon Solo. Okay. Which trivia? Han Solo was named after Napoleon Solo and Man from mm-hmm. Uncle. Nice. Um. <clears throat> Everyone just got plus 10 Star Wars from that's that. Right, that's right, that's right, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, you just got plus 10. Um, so uh, the trailer for that is really good. I would like to see a second trailer for mm-hmm. it. Um, but it's that, whole, like I said last week, that whole thing of it being set in the 60s. Yeah. And so gadgets, I mean, James Bond these days doesn't have a whole lot of gadgets. I mean, I, I love right. the little the little talk in... Um, in uh, uh, Skyfall, where he's mm-hmm. like, "What did you expect? A, a briefcase and an exploding watch, right. or whatever?" You know, it's well, just supposedly like, they're trying to go back to the roots of Bond, like they in are. the books and stuff. And right. I know a lot of fans complain about that. They're like, "Oh, it's not classic James Bond." Actually, it's more accurate. Right? James there Bond. are less. Yeah, it's not classic <laughs> movie James Bond, but it's book James Bond. It's yeah. very much book James Bond. Cold yeah. hard, cold blooded killer, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a brute. Yeah. Um, who also happens to like really fine food and fine clothes and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but not a whole lot of gadgets. He's a just man of a man and, taste. and a gun. Yes. A man <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be a cat getting in a box and having it fall on her. <laughs> okay, said, we can fix been, it in post. Yeah. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll, fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> Calm down, Bill O'Reilly. Um. 
So really looking forward to that. It's and it's cool because uh, Man from Uncle's in August, and then in uh, uh, beginning of November is Spectre, so the new mm-hmm. James Bond. I'm always excited for a new James Bond. Yeah. Love the fact that Monica Bellucci is the Bond, the Bond woman, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to say Bond girl. I'm going to say Bond woman because she's fucking 50 years old. Yeah. And she's how an adult. awesome <laughs> to have somebody who is an older age in mm-hmm. the Bond film. Uh, that's yeah. why I also liked uh, Barbara Carrera in uh, Never Say Never Again. She was older mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And. There were a few women in there because Sean Connery was so old at that point uh, when they did that movie. He was in his sixties already, mm-hmm. and which was part of the story of right. it. And it was basically just a rewrite. It was basically Kevin McClure's script for Thunderball. Mm-hmm. That the the whole big thing. If you if you follow James Bond, uh, you know production fandom at all. There was a whole big thing between Kevin McClure and. Uh, uh, um, Ian Fleming, they wrote Thunderball together, mm-hmm. but Kevin McClure actually came up with all the Spectre stuff. Okay. And, and all, a lot of that stuff. Uh, so they wrote that together and worked on the screenplay together, but then there was this big falling out between them and then falling out between Eon Productions and Kevin McClure. So, Sean Connery hated Covey Broccoli more than I mean, when He was on Johnny Carson once, and uh, Johnny Carson said, uh, So there, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, like he said, so there, right. So he <laughs> said, So, Sean, uh, wh- who's your favorite Bond villain? He said, Covey Broccoli. <laughs> you know, he hated fucking Covey Broccoli. Mm-hmm. I don't know how uh, the, the, the dollar signs were amazing to get him to do Diamonds Are Forever because he was just like, Fuck you, I'm out. Um, uh, so he basically decided to produce Kevin McClory's script for Thunderball as his own movie, and he came up with seven. He produced it, and Warner Brothers picked it up, and they did it. And they were allowed to use the James Bond. They were not allowed to use 007. They, mm-hmm. uh, but the funny thing was, is when you first see the movie, and it, the, 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 the Warner Brothers thing fades out, and then it fades, comes back, and it kind of breaks up on all these little 007s and kind of goes <laughs> to the screen. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I always liked that movie a lot. And a lot of a lot of people don't, but I loved it. Um, I just I can't help but think when I hear Thunderball, Thunderdome, you know. Well, Thunderball way far predated Thunderdome, right? But still, right. But that's that's my like I like James Bond well enough, but obviously like that's not my fandom. Sure, 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 you know? sure. And so I'm just like Thunderball, Thunderdome, Thunderdome. I want to do Thunderdome. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a James Bond fan for a very long time. Uh, my dad, uh, around the same, uh, the year before Star Wars, one of the movies we went and saw on the weekend mm-hmm. was uh, uh, was uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, 1976. Mm-hmm. So we saw that together in the theater as well. Yeah. And uh, he took me to a lot of movies. I saw Silver Streak, the Gene, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he took me to a... Um, a Flash Gordon uh, serials festival. Oh, nice. And we saw a whole bunch of those, those old black and white serials from the 50s. Mm-hmm. Stuff that my my dad collects movie serials. He yeah. was, oh, I just found the cutest picture of my dad. He's, <laughs> he's like standing there with his mom and he's in like a little cowboy hat and has little six shooters and he's just Aww. like, and it's like, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. And it's my dad. And then there's other pictures I found. There's a picture that I don't remember seeing before that came from my father's mother. Mm-hmm. And Luke, my uh, stepmom sent me them. And uh, there's a picture of my mom holding me up. 
this is like this is 1970 and my dad is leaning in and he's got thick glasses and he's got sideburns mm-hmm. and his hair is is you know short and stuff and, it, and I was like oh my god that looks like me it's crazy it just looks <laughs> like, it's like my dad and then there's pictures of my dad of pictures of my dad as a kid mm-hmm. like six years and, and earlier and a couple times like oh yeah that's me oh wait no I flip it over it's like oh no that's my dad and it looks like me as a little baby a little yeah. boy I think a lot of nerds can trace uh, their nerdy roots back sure. to their parents sure. introducing them to things like I said my parents with Star Wars you know and like yeah. your dad taking yeah. you to movies and stuff like that so like everybody just just go thank your parents be like I'm so glad you showed me these things and sure. it turned out nerdy and now I have awesome tastes yeah like, my dad saw the original yeah. um, I think the first one he saw was uh, I can't remember if it was from Russia with Love or or, or uh, um, Goldfinger mm-hmm. but he saw it at the college at his college yeah they were showing it there mm-hmm. and he saw it there and he took a girl on a date to go see yeah it. yeah <laughs> oh speaking of star wars mm-hmm. um so i was <laughs> i i'm just gonna be all star okay. wars okay. all the time until the movie comes out okay. so yeah um i was recently talking with our mutual friend friend of the show phil doomy um mm-hmm. about star wars versus star trek because while he likes star wars he's very he's much bigger, in the star more of a trek, trek person and i know a camp. lot of people that are like that yeah too. yeah but you know we basically like um came up with you know like the differences between them like star trek is science fiction because it's stuff that is plausible and you know futuristic Phil, yeah Phil is like it's all stuff that just hasn't happened yet but we're getting closer like sure. with iPads and sure. things like sure. that so sure. it's communicators it's, and iPads yeah. and phasers and exactly it's a world where technology is the draw-in whereas with Star Wars all of that technology is mundane because there's magic, there's the force, you know? Like, nobody in the Star Wars universe thinks anything about making the jump to light speed. It's just like, ah, oh, that's what you do, you know? And we have these flying cars, and we have, you know, these holographic communicators that we can put Death Star plans on. Like, nobody cares. They're all mystified by the magic. And I think for me, that's uh, one of the reasons that I like Star Wars more is because you do get that technology aspect, but, you know, the technology isn't what draws you in. It's right. it's the magic. It's the mysticism. Well, it's that, that blend of fantasy. I mean, I mean, technically, star- science fiction, and there's a lot of nerds that, a lot of nerds that would, would argue this, but, mm-hmm. but science fiction is a, an under-the-umbrella of fantasy. Right. It's just a technological bubble of the fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. Star Wars has a little bit more of the fantasy element of yeah. the magical portion of it, the strange creatures. Creatures and the mm-hmm. and the fantastical, the force and the mystical elements, the, the right. mystery elements to it, um, and then you got the you know and it's space opera stuff. Star it is. Trek, it's a Joseph Campbell space opera. Yes, yes. Star journey. Trek is is just supposedly supposedly our future when mankind pulls its head out of its collective rectum, <laughs> stops collective rectum. Uh, just opened the side stage at Coachella last week. <laughs> Um, it's a super band of collective soul and butthole surfers. Yes, I win. Um, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, Star Trek is what our future could be if mankind mm-hmm. would pull its head out of its collective rectum. Right. Stop treating the acquisition of wealth and power as the end-all, be-all of human existence, right. and start. 
learning to better ourselves. Yeah, and, share and resources. To share resources in order to benefit everyone. Right, because that's the big thing about the Star Trek universe. Yes. You know, like, um, in Next Generation, um, they're like, oh, well, we don't work to live. We work to better ourselves. And that's why they have all this awesome future technology. Because right. they're not, like, right. slaving away at a job they hate. Right. Everybody who has a brilliant mind is able to just tinker and, like, right. make cool new shit. Yes. You got people who everybody gets geared toward their aptitudes, and mm -hmm. school isn't this thing where the goal is to churn out all these people that will who be are going just to smart enough workers. to press the buttons. Right. <laughs> it's a matter of everybody is funneled into their toward their aptitudes. It's kind right. of like magnet schools times a, th a thousand, yeah. Where, yeah. where from day one. We, you figure out what kids like, what mm -hmm. people like, what where, what what attracts them to learn. Yeah, and you go for that. And, and there's still artists, and there's still people yeah, who just make music. Absolutely, and because still, people understand the cultural value that that has. Yes, and there's still people who perform plays, and there's still people who, and even the people who are in the military, basically, and doing mm -hmm. all that, the expo, the explorers, and the the military people. Are even they are in you know into art and you know right. entertainment and exercise mm -hmm. and fitness and all that right and everybody it's a more holistic human experience yes, yes yes and that's the other thing is on star on Star Trek Next Generation especially I mean on, on Star Trek everybody was skinny because sixties mm -hmm. TV but yeah um, well their standard of skinny <laughs> at the time right. Um, but in on Star Trek Next Generation, there were there were larger people on there, and mm -hmm. and um, it was just all kind of everybody roll with whatever. Yeah. But part of the whole deal of the future was, you know, you you teach people and show them the value of 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 fitness of of taking care of yourself so right. that you can perform at your best. Yeah, it's not about achieving a size. It's about right. feeling physically capable. Right, right. And it's about about being able to to basically treat your machine and mm -hmm. have it up in the top running condition yeah. so that You've you can perform. You've got to take care of your meat vehicle. Right. So you can right, right, all you ghosts and meat vehicles out there. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, and it's not about uh, an aesthetic. It's mm -hmm. about a I want to be able to work you know the hours that I need yeah. to work, and I want to be able to to think clearly and, to and I do want to these be able things. to lift that fifty pound thing of kitty litter, no right, problem. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's, Although that's data what... data probably could do a two hundred pound thing of kitty litter because he's an android. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's what got me working out. Like I was struggling to lift the kitty litter, and I was like, "This is unacceptable. <laughs> I need to start ironing my birthday suit right now." <laughs> wow, that was a good visual. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, lizard brain took over for a second there. Uh, See, I'm just thinking like ripping off my yeah, skin, like with a zipper, physically ironing, you know. Steam settings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta keep nice and crisp. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. The whole Star Trek thing. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with your 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 assessments that you and Doomy came up with because it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's what our future could be. Star Wars. That that kind of thing, that'll never be us. I mean, it's still a fantasy completely. But right, but right. science fiction really, truly silent running. You think about mm -hmm. your classic science fiction, your your Planet of the Apes, and your 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 um, the things that 
science fiction almost always denotes a future that could be. Right. Whether it's very shortly around mm-hmm. the corner or many, many yeah. years in the well, future. According to my sci-fi lit class in college, there's a couple criteria that um, something needs to meet in order to be considered science fiction. And one of them is it has to be based on or extrapolate on the science of the day. Mm-hmm. You know? So with, like, the first uh, piece of science fiction ever created, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley was extrapolating on the science of the day. There were those, you know, experiments where people would hook dead frogs up to electrical nodes and And then, like, their arms would move and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, I think Star Trek does that, where it definitely extrapolated on the science of the day. It came out in the 60s when we were exploring space travel and, you know, like, just kept going. Right, right, right. So, yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the criteria. Yeah, without question. Yeah, it's definitely... (laughs) Science fiction is also kind of always a mirror of, of our current society as well mm-hmm. um the and often a cautionary tale right um yeah star trek was always kind of hopeful though it had that hope oh it always had the glimmer it. of hope yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. i mean considering like how groundbreaking it was um for the time you know you had lieutenant uhura who was like the first black character to not be in like a cliche stereotypical or racist role like you know, she was a crew member who was, you know, doing xenolinguistics just as respected. And, like, what that did for representation of black people in the media, like, she was a black groundbreaker. Black women, too. Yeah, yeah. Women, little girls. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's, you know, a story that, like, she met with Martin Luther King, and she's like, oh, I'm thinking of quitting the show. And he's like, you can't. You are doing such important work. You are breaking barriers, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. And so she didn't yeah. quit. Yeah. You know, and it just Yeah, Michelle Nichols show. was just a galley this year. Um, that was one of our all of our just delights to to you know a lot of people went and got pictures with her because yeah just you know meeting her was just a thrill beyond thrills yeah um, uh, there's also another story and I, I, I forgive me I don't remember who it is but there's a um, an actress or a comedian or somebody who said that Uhura was her her idol growing up mm-hmm. uh, as a little girl because she looked on the TV and said, "Look, mom, there's a black lady on TV. Yeah, there's a lady like us on TV, and she's not a man. Yeah, again, not, representation yeah. is so so important. Yeah. and yeah. you know, whenever I hear someone say like, "Oh, why do we have to include women in this show? Or why are people asking for minorities to be included?" You know, it's like because. Representation is really important. People want to see others that look like them on the screen. Because haven't we had enough of white dudes in everything? Seriously. <laughs> uh, yep, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, feeds into Jeremy Renner's awful comments about Black Widow. Yeah. Um, well, and Chris yeah. Pratt, too. and, and or Chris and, Evans. Or Chris Evans, sorry. Yeah, yeah Chris Evans. And so disappointed in the cap. It oh was. Uh, Chris Evans' apology was definitely a lot better. It was than, much more sincere. He owned was. his behavior. He was like, "Look, it was really juvenile. Like, I'm sorry." And Jeremy Renner gave the faux Hollywood non-apology apology, like, "Oh, I'm sorry. People got up in arms about what I said about a fictional character." Blah 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 blah. And it's like. You clearly don't understand how important Black Widow is to little girls. Right. You know? Right. Especially because she's, well, up until Age of Ultron, she's the only female Avenger. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so many girls yeah. look up to her. Like I have friends whose daughters look up to her. I saw that trailer of Ultron, and I finally noticed Scarlet Witch and uh, um, Quicksilver. Quicksilver in there yeah. as well. Um, but uh, boy, they're really setting up. I mean, the, 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 the thing that the trailer tells me is is that whole thing of of Tony Stark saying. Chances are not all of us are going to come back from this one. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, hmm, <laughs> gee, I wonder, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, they're really setting up somebody to somebody to fall in this one, so. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, and, and once again, uh, the big news, the other big news this week, the, the uh, Iceman coming He's out as gay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, again, Fantastic. awesome for issues of representation. And that's the other thing, it's like, it's like, uh, well, of course he dated Rogue. He wouldn't yeah. have to touch her. Yeah. <laughs> Right? <laughs> although, although, as an X-Men purist, like, Rogue should always be with Gambit, and they should be adorable and Southern together. Like, that's, yeah. you know, my one true pairing. Yeah. So, But yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I was actually talking about uh, Iceman coming out as gay with a friend of mine, and, you know, he made the point that it's like, most people are like, oh, he's gay? All right, no big deal, whatever. I'm going back to Moving whatever on. it is I'm doing. Right, yeah. I'm going back to crying and masturbating. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great that we're at that point that Marvel can be like, oh, this character that everyone loves is gay. And By the way. Like, That's cool. Uh, all right. Back to whatever. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm glad that there's a lot of things where we're getting to that point where it's just like, yeah. okay, moving on. Exactly. That's the way it should be. Yeah. It's it an should amazing be this point thing. in the it culture. Should, yeah. It should be. We should be getting to the point where... Where we basically all just ask each other about our significant others rather than husband, mm-hmm. wife, or whatever, and then just yeah. say, oh, yeah, and my, my, my husband, or my, you know, and, the, and then whoever it happens to be, and whatever sex it happens to yeah. be, and whatever, whatever skin color, or mm-hmm. ethnicity, or whatever, species. or or species, or... or re- I'd date an alien, just Yeah, saying. alien, yeah, as long as they were, <laughs> long as they were uh, uh, able to uh, sign a contract and understand it, then we're good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, or or um, uh, whether your sister or not you know mm-hmm. whether you're you're born one way or or another and yeah. it should it should just be like you know whatever yeah it should be it should just be oh cool and that's it and it's mm-hmm. that one moment of okay i just registered that this person this man has a husband and we're done and we're moving yeah, on exactly. and it's like okay we can talk about our now we can get to back talking about our you know china patterns or our yeah. you know our window <laughs> treatments or get back to crying and masturbating or whatever right. but it's just it's that's where we need to get to. And that's the thing that the people who are digging their heels in and don't understand, the people who are clearly on the wrong side of history, mm-hmm. they don't get it. It's like, eh, things are changing. And it's like, <laughs> you know what? No, things aren't changing. Things have always been this way. Yeah. It's just that people should now be free to talk about it, and mm-hmm. it should be not a big deal. Preach. And if you are, And if you are <laughs> having a problem with it, that's fine. You can have a problem with it as long as you do it at home behind yeah. closed doors and Away don't inflict from it the and don't inflict it on anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Eddie Izzard. Um, but Aziz Ansari has a great joke about this, like the you know way the culture is moving, um, and he's like, "Millennials don't care about gay marriage. Like we're too busy downloading every movie ever made. You yeah. know, like we have way better things to do." And you know, it just gets to the point that like we're living in the future. We have you know iPads and smartphones and awesome electric cars, and like we're sending rovers to Mars, and like. 
I'd like for the culture to catch up with that as well. Right, right. Because at this point, it's just, it's embarrassing that we're still debating gay marriage and, you know, things it like is. abortion and all And that's that. why this next election is so important, because mm-hmm. whoever we put in the White House, the potential for, a, has the potential over the next eight years to to appoint Supreme four Court Supreme Court justices. justices. Yeah. Four! Yeah. Four of them are either at retirement age or in age where, you know, people drop dead sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. I, we, I don't we, know what I'm going to do when a, the notorious RBG passes away. Yeah. Like, oh my god. I know. Just I know. whatever we need to do to I make know. her live forever. Like, put her head in a jar. I don't care. Make it happen. Let's say, uh, yeah. Bill Clinton was a lawyer at one point. Let's get him in there. Let <laughs> 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 me sit up there, biting his lower lip and putting his thumb out saying... Yeah, I side with you. <laughs> uh, with the timely Clinton impression, um, yeah. So, so I, I posted the thing on Twitter, and I said, I said, look, people, dear people, dear world, you know, whatever you've got going on is normal for you. Yeah. The same goes for everybody else. You know, there is mm-hmm. no normal. Normal right. is subjective. Well, there's a great Adam's normal family. is what you deal with every day. Yeah, that's what everybody else gets to. Let's there's, move on. There's that classic uh, Morticia quote from the Adams family that's like, "Normal is an illusion. What's normal for the spider is deadly for the fly." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, life lessons from the Adams family. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> we we just there's all these people. The, the history is going to be looking at this next. 10, 20 years mm-hmm. with global warming, you know, with climate change, with marriage oh. equality, with and especially in America, marriage yeah. equality, climate change, you know, all this stuff happening, minimum wage changes, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, paid sick leave, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, vacation Just days, all this stuff, healthcare, yeah. everything, the mm-hmm. world, history, history, history is going to be looking at this. Point in history and very, us very so closely. <laughs> How do you want to be remembered? Right. Do you want to be remembered like Adolf Hitler? Do you want to be remembered like Pol Pot? Do you want to be remembered like George Wallace, the governor of Alabama, right. Georgia, Alabama, Alabama? Well, like you see those photos of white people yelling at like small black school children in the South during racial integration, and like you can feel the hate in their faces and stuff, and it's like those photos are exactly like the photos of people protesting gay marriage. It's like, that's how dumb you're going to look in, yeah. you know, the next 20, 30, 40 I mean, years. That's the thing that these that, that, that people don't realize, that people who are haters don't realize. It's going to change. Yeah. It's going to go away. This thing that you want, this, this, this magical way that things used <laughs> to be, is going to stop at some point. Right. It's going to go away. Why prolong it any longer than it needs to be? Yeah. Just let it go. Move on. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be involved with it, don't. Just, then don't do it. Don't have right. that be part of your life. Exactly. And who cares what anybody else is doing? Mm-hmm. Why? How do you have that many fucks to give in the first place? Well, it's this whole thing <laughs> of... A lot of for a lot of middle class Americans, a lot of people who are in their middle class, it's it's this whole thing of their tax dollars, where mm. their tax dollars go, where their tax dollars, and it's like you know what, 
your tax dollars going to feed a family who lives in an inner city who can't afford to feed themselves and yeah. mom's working two jobs already and blah 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 this thing that was that you were told by Ronald Reagan and Donald Rumsfeld and 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 those guys in the, right. in the 80s right welfare queens quote, do not they, exist they the quote unquote welfare queens that are sitting back and, and getting their nails done and, and buying a cell phone and <laughs> popping out babies every nine months doesn't exist yeah and your tax dollars are going where they should be to try and help things to build schools and to build well, roads not to mention, bridges. like, social services are such a small part of government spending. Yeah. Like, most of it is the, spent the, on the, the military people, budget. Yes, the people who are misappropriating the uh, the tax dollars are not those people. Mm-hmm. It's the people in charge. It's the people at the top of the food chain. Right. The people, the richest of the richest of the right. rich. Right. And I mean, I'd much rather my tax dollars go to help someone who's struggling or go to help the unemployed or go to fixing our roads and bridges than go to the fucking military. Right. Like this is right. just common sense. And then a friend of mine said, a friend of mine said, "Well, I don't. I have kids in the military. I don't want any money being taken away from the military because they're not. It's not even going to them. It's going to contractors. I know. I know. I know. I, that's what I said. I said. I said. But it shouldn't be everybody's fault mm-hmm. that those funds are being misappropriated. Right. It should be the people in charge who are misappropriating those funds and giving those mo- that money to Halliburton and, and blah, blah, blah. And making planes that can't even fly. Exactly. <laughs> or, and, and not giving people proper body armor so that they don't come get home, get blown, get their tits blown right. off or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if that money, you, you know, you're worried about that money getting taken away from your baby in the military, mm-hmm. that that's already happening. Mm-hmm. You need to take it away from this other thing and re and figure out get committees to reappropriate those funds right, properly right. so so that the people so that the the money in the military goes to prom- goes to the soldiers mm-hmm. the people who are doing the fighting yeah not the generals not the contractors right. not the exact not, not the politicians <laughs> not yeah not blackwater not not fucking halliburton mm-hmm. the, that money needs to be reappropriated right. those committees need to be done well, and especially at a time when you know republicans are constantly proposing cuts to military pay it's like, I'm sorry, you don't get to wave a support the troops flag and then push legislation to cut their fucking pay. Right. And then not support them when they get home. Not yeah. take care of their medical bills, their mental health bills. Exactly. Anyway. Back to nerdery. So, things have been totally crazy. Totally apeshit crazy. This, this house, I mean, I've been talking about it for months and months and months and started talking about it back in December, mm-hmm. November, October, September... Um, but yeah, we're almost done. We're down to like, basically I'm only working three days this week so we can move on Thursday. Yeah. And it's just, this is going to be the last podcast I record in this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's wild. It's crazy. And and, and I, I saw a list on Facebook and I shared it about things that you need to do by the time you're in your 40s and Mm -hmm. I I don't necessarily subscribe to the notion of oh at a certain point in your life at a certain age a certain (laughs) number you should have this list accomplished and it's like no it's different for everybody but I do agree with the notion that at some point in your life owning your own home is is a thing that Mm -hmm. that I've always was always on the outside of that and I'm way behind the curve on a lot of people on that because Mm -hmm. I'm doing this first time in age 44 and a lot of people are doing this way way younger I mean most of the people that I know who have been homeowners did it in their 20s well for your generation I mean my generation is you know not whatever yeah Yeah. well there (laughs) yeah exactly you guys got more shit to worry about you guys are just trying to survive yep (laughs) and same same here but you know there's there's other than, you know, your actual retirement, there's nothing better to spend retirement funds on than buying a house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so 
yeah, this is it's really crazy. And I've we've we've spent all this money and did all this renovation and stuff mm-hmm. and it's just gonna be so nice when we get it all done and yeah. I just want it done, I want it done, I want it yeah. done, I want well, it done. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But I, I'm just like, eh, when's it gonna be done? Yeah. And I wanna wait till Thursday. <laughs> um, to get back to nerdery sure. um, and Star Wars, again, I'm gonna be all Star Wars all the time. Um, I was thinking about um, funny Star Wars pickup lines that have been told to me um, or that <laughs> I have attempted to use on people. I mean, I'm sure you guys have all seen the Summy card that's like, oh, you like Star Wars? Let's go back to my place and violate the Jedi code. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah, you like me because like I'm a scoundrel. There aren't enough, there aren't enough scoundrels in your life. <laughs> Right. Um, no, I've I've heard a few creative ones. Like um, there was one guy who was like, "Hey, girl, want to come with me to the Tashi station and get some power, power converters. converters?" That was that was pretty cute. That's cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah, there was another guy who like messaged me on OKCupid. He's like, "I just wanted to tell you that you're really smart and pretty and talented, and I hope you read this because many Bothans died to bring you this information." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Exactly. Like, you know, kind of like a normal whatever thing. And then at the end, like, playing the nerd card. Dropping the lightsaber, walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, That's pretty sweet. Yeah. For for the Sith out there, it's like, ooh, let me show you why the Sith are all about passion. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're over an hour. Um,. Um, this week, uh, there's so much out. Um, there's a few other movies that I was thinking about maybe going to see would be, uh, Tomorrowland. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I'm not usually one that rushes out to see a Clooney project, but Mm -hmm. it does look interesting. And at first I thought it was just kind of like about Walt Disney and Tomorrowland, blah, blah, blah. But it's like took that concept and kind of turned it into something else. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 and I saw a commercial for it the other day and it actually looks kind of interesting. It does look cool. I'd probably see it, but I agree with you on like George Clooney stuff. Like I'd way, way, way much rather see a movie about his wife, Amal, mm-hmm. like being awesome and badass, you know, lawyer woman saving sure. the world sure, than sure. it would a Clooney project. But yeah, Tomorrowland looks pretty cool. Yeah. Although he's done some pretty good. I wouldn't say. Well, if you can consider old school journalism kind of a nerdy thing. Hmm. The uh, good luck and good good night and good luck. Yeah. That was a yeah. good good movie, and Absolutely. I really like him as a director too. Yeah, I didn't see the movie that everybody raved about that he did last year with him and his wife and kids in Hawaii or whatever. And I oh, what um, the Descendants. Maybe or, no, uh, something like that. I know which one you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that, but I I meant to. But it was it was meh. Yeah. yeah. Middle-aged white guy movie. Pretty much, yeah. Without the Well, like, jokes. he's he's a middle-aged white guy who's, like, you know, 116th Hawaiian related to Princess Kaiulani or something like that. But it's still a middle-aged white guy movie. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, there, I don't mind middle-aged white guy existentialism. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lost in Translation is one of my favorite movies. That yeah. was my favorite movie of that year. Because yeah. I don't mind, and Bill Murray, but mm-hmm. I don't mind... If it's if it's middle-aged white guys getting into trouble, a la, <laughs> a la Owen Wilson and and uh, fucking what's his name, uh, 
the, they were in the Google. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, Vince Vaughn. Those, no thanks. But mm-hmm. middle-aged white guy existentialism, totally down for that. I yeah. really still want to, I haven't seen St. Vincent yet, and I really want to see that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, most of them have Bill Murray in them. Or, <laughs> or anything Wes Anderson does. Anything oh Wes Anderson does. We're talking about movies that are coming out that we're stoked for. We haven't talked about the reboot of Ghostbusters. Oh, oh, what oh is yeah, wrong yeah, with yeah, us? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I did talk about that in other episodes, but right. yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig, it was a Melissa McCarthy, who mm-hmm. else is in there? Uh, it's all SNL alum. And SNL alum, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. cannot wait. And I Bill Murray wait. signed off on it. Like, this is what I don't get about, like, the quote-unquote controversy where a lot of Ghostbuster fans are like, eh, you can't do it with all girls. It's like, I'm yes, sorry. you can. Your god, Bill Murray, is okay with it. Like, you no longer have an argument because Bill Murray is okay with yes, it. Like, yes, yes, it's yes, done. Yes. Leave it alone. Also, and why? it looks awesome. Why can't you have an all-woman all cast? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Especially with, like, such talented women. Er, my childhood. No. No. <laughs> no. Things change. But my sad feels. You know, yeah, fuck George Lucas and, and the first three Star Wars movies. But other than that, um, there's also a new Terminator. Terminator Genesis. Oh, yeah. And Schwarzenegger's Oh, back. my God. And Mad Max Fury Road. Right. Mad Max. That comes out in a couple weeks. Right, right. Mad Speaking Max. Speaking Thunderdome. Big, yeah, doing big. And then Trainwreck. Um, uh, although, I don't understand why they put Trainwreck out the same weekend as Ant-Man. That seems like yeah. bad, bad planning mm-hmm. that, you know... Because I got to thinking, I I got my little little brain thinking of the whole marketing and men and women thing. It's like all the dudes are going to go see Ant Man, and all the worlds are going to go see Trainwreck. But, it's like, <laughs> but Marvel movies are attracting a lot of women viewers too. Yeah. So and Amy Schumer definitely mm-hmm. in that camp as well. But well, um, according to like surveys done in 2014 um, most moviegoers now are predominantly women. Like, women mm, are buying yeah. more tickets yeah. than men. Yeah. So. And they're going to see the, the nerd movies. Mm-hmm. They are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, like, I'm really stoked for Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know if you saw the trailer for it, but it looks amazing. Like, yeah. there was a guy on a truck that's just made of amps with the yeah, flaming yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Perfect. And it's, and it's done by the same direct writer somebody who was involved in the original Mad Max movies yeah. is doing this new movie. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with my f- nerddom, not my fandom, not at the top of my list, but I'll uh-huh. probably go see it. Yeah. I'll probably <laughs> go see it. Um, big big things TV wise. Everybody's talking about Game of Thrones. Everybody's talking about. Uh, I, I can still talk about Game. You of You can still talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, me, new season of Amy Schumer, knocking out of the park. Amazing. I got. I have to see the first season of it. Yeah. Um, still loving At Midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately, especially with the move, I don't have time to watch dramas and hour-long mm-hmm. shows. I want a half hour yeah. so, go in and out of something that's going to make me laugh and oh, just make me feel good. Honorable mention to Daredevil. I'm oh, wearing a Daredevil, Daredevil yeah. shirt right now. Danny's been watching Daredevil. Um, oh, I have so not good. seen it yet, so, I, so, so I just haven't had time. Yeah, well, um, it, it's on Netflix. I mean, yeah, I binge-watched yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, like, there's that meme going around with um, Dave Chappelle's, like, crackhead character. It's like, y'all got any more than Daredevil episodes? Yeah, yeah, you more than Daredevil episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Tyrone, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, plug your stuff. Where, do you, where, uh, where can people get you? Okay, you can find me on Facebook as Kitty Brown. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter as Kitty Brown. And you can find my graphic design stuff at kittybrowndesigns.com. Awesome. 
Uh, I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. You can find us online as Something2XP everywhere. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Check out our blog, please, and listen to past episodes. Get the numbers up on WordPress. Email us at Something2XP at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Cesari. You can find us everywhere online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.